Wellness. What is it? Is it for a practicing Muslim? Let's explore the similarities between Islam and popular wellness beliefs and practices as we discuss wellness in Islam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all of the Muslim sisters and brothers tuning in. Peace and greetings to any non-Muslim listener. I am Dr. Walina Brooks and you are listening to Wellness in Islam. So hopefully you all have had the opportunity to listen to episodes one and two. Episode one was really just the introduction as to the purpose behind the podcast, the motivation for it. In episode two, we talked about the importance of routines. If you have not taken the time to listen to those episodes, then I would encourage you to do so. Episode one, in regards to the purpose behind this podcast, is really going to show up in today's episode. So, the topics are not in any particular order, but I felt like this was a really good time to address the subject of yoga. And I feel like it's a really good time to address yoga because it's really hard to talk about wellness or self-care topics without yoga coming up. And so, with that being the case, I don't want to always have to add the disclaimer or a little tidbit about my personal views concerning yoga every time it's mentioned, right? So this episode will generally address my understanding of yoga, how I view it um, from both a clinical standpoint as well as a spiritual standpoint. And as I said, episode one, I explained the purpose behind this podcast and that being that I really want to highlight the wellness practices, the wellness concepts and ideas already within Islam and thus show that there's no need for us to exchange our deen for any of the current fads or trends, um, particularly those that may go against it. So, First, I guess, let's begin by answering the question, what is yoga? So when you think of yoga, you may think of people in seemingly impossible or really weird poses. But that is just really a superficial understanding and Western understanding, to be completely honest, of what yoga is. Here in America... We love to separate things from their origins or roots. And we've done this same thing with yoga. We've attempted to separate the physical aspect of yoga from its spiritual practice, making it all about poses, making it all about flexibility, right? Reducing stiffness. But at its roots, yoga is a spiritual practice that can be traced back to India in Indian philosophy. Some say we could trace it back to India probably about 5,000 years ago. 
and its goals have been to improve health and flexibility and also help people find so-called inner peace and freedom. Now, there are some classical writings, or I should say some older writings that really talk about yoga. And once again, you will constantly find that yoga in its linguistic meaning is something sacred, meaning there's some type of union or contact that supposedly takes place between the body, the mind, and God, right? Which then helps man attain some type of knowledge and wisdom. Others say that it's a spiritual exercise that is practiced by wise men at that time of India for the purpose of uniting with the universal spirit. And so, as we can see, the overall philosophy of yoga, of yoga excuse me, is about connecting the mind, the body, and the spirit. It is not Despite our or Western attempts, it is not only about movement or poses. Now, there are many types of yoga. The most popular one here is likely the one that focuses only on the physical poses and breathing. But there are other forms here in America where they do start to incorporate more of the meditation and performing it to achieve certain goals. Now, getting back to the most common type of yoga here, um, which is really just focused on all of the poses, right? I'm sure there will be some who will say, so if someone performs only the poses and focuses on their breathing, what's the issue, right? What's the issue if we leave off the meditation, we leave off the spiritual aspect? And so for those who would say that, they wouldn't necessarily be alone because there are scholars who have had that opinion that yoga was permissible, yoga is permissible, if it is really just limited to the poses and breathing. And there are other scholars who say that yoga is permissible and they don't put any conditions on it. And then there are other scholars who say that yoga is not permissible in any way, shape, or or form. And so I am of the latter. I believe it is my opinion that yoga is not something that I want to engage in because unlike so many Americans, so many Westerners, I do not believe that you can separate everything from its origin. And so it may seem initially that it's just about the poses, it's just about the breathing, but that could actually be a gateway into some of the other practices. 
And the reason why I say that is because a couple of years ago, I started to look into mindfulness. And there is definitely a, a, a practice of mindfulness where it is really just you focusing in on the moment. And there's different types of approaches that uh, are out there from focusing on objects in nature, paying attention to their colors, their shapes, their sizes. Um, other ones where you just really focus in on your breathing, right? So there's all different types of techniques that could really have someone, for the most part, really just living in the moment, nothing else. But while doing this research, uh, looking into mindfulness, which is another practice here in the States that does have more of a spiritual aspect to it, but we've somewhat removed the practice of the breathing and the focusing in on certain objects and trying to really be present, we've removed that from the spiritual component that does, in fact, go with it. But the reason why I say it can sometimes be a gateway is because while I'm reading this book on mindfulness, it does eventually get to a particular exercise where it encourages the reader to say this particular chant. And immediately while just reading um, this particular paragraph, I realized that this could be seen Islamically as a form of worship. It really was like a dua, but whatever being, um, so to speak, was being called upon was not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And so that is a concern with even engaging with just the poses and the breathing aspect of yoga that ultimately at some point in time, depending on how far you go, what classes you may attend, what instructor may in fact be present, you could actually find yourself incorporating more of those spiritual aspects, right? And so for me, when we talk about yoga and you have this concept of having the body move a certain way or assuming certain poses and perhaps chanting or saying certain things consistently, repeatedly while focusing on something of higher importance, um, some divine uh, being, right? Some lofty goal, whatever it is, perhaps there is some benefit to that. Let me say that again. Perhaps there is some benefit to someone uh, as far as a spiritual benefit when someone actually assumes certain postures or they move their body a certain way while repeating certain phrases in a state of deep mental focus. But as Muslims, do we not have all of these things in our salah, in our five daily prayers. There's movement. There's poses. There's, there's things that we say 
right? And inshallah, it can be uh, that spiritual exercise as well if we bring the kushur, if we bring the focus, if we bring the, uh, the, the, the desire within our heart to really uh, be present in the moment, right? And to stand in communication with our Lord. And what could be better than something, as a Muslim again, what could be better for us than something that we know our Lord and our Creator is pleased with, right? And that our Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, taught us so specifically, right? Gave great importance and focus to it. What could be better for us? What could help us to establish that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better than what he has already legislated for us? And, you know, I just, I think it's mind-blowing, right? Like, I don't personally know of anyone who has done this. Inshallah, I don't know of anyone who has done this. But I can only imagine that somewhere, someone probably goes through the Salat so fast that you're wondering, could they have even possibly read Al-Fatiha, right? Let alone... Uh, did any of the other surahs or the remembrances, the dhikr, right? And they rush through the salah, subhanallah, so that they can go and meditate and do yoga for about an hour, right? How insane is that? But Allah knows best. I'm sure it is happening. And it is because we have really just taken the prayer as just something to do. With so many of us, astaghfirullah, the prayer has lost um, its spirituality for us. We are simply just going through the motions. And as I said in episode one, things like yoga, the trends of meditation and mindfulness and all that comes with that, the crystals and the chakras and all of that is so entertaining and so attractive versus what we have right and so I just really want to stress the point that regardless of where you stand what opinion you have religiously because as I said I'm not here to act as if I'm a scholar I do agree with those scholars who say that Islam uh, forbids or yoga would not be permissible for the Muslim. But I understand that as with so many things, especially current day, there's differences of opinion. And so there are those who, once again, didn't place any restrictions on it or any limitations. And then there are those that did. But regardless of where you actually stand, your view, I'm just trying to appeal to your heart, right? That there is really no need for us to engage in yoga. I will say until Allah takes my soul, right? That 
yoga and this new age spirituality, it is only there because these people have no dean. But that part that is with us, right, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instilled in each and every one of us to seek him out. This is what these people are filling that space with. Either because they just don't know, and this is why as Muslims we need to really strive to give da'wah. They are just completely ignorant, meaning they have no knowledge of Islam, right? And, or they're following some other faith that doesn't necessarily really give them guidance on how to move about. And so they fill this space with yoga, with the meditation, with the chakras and all of that. And the, the funny thing is, is that a lot of this actually is religious practice for other cultures. It's just not for the West, Okay, but it actually does have its roots again in religion, right, um, or spiritual practices for other cultures. And so, as a whole Muslim with a whole perfect, complete deen of Islam, there is just no reason for us to engage in this practice. So, as I said in the beginning, I was going to address yoga from both the spiritual and the clinical standpoint. And so, the first part of this podcast, obviously, this particular episode, excuse me, was the spiritual aspect. Anytime moving forward that you hear me reference yoga, mention yoga, then just know that I am not a fan. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't love it. I never, ever recommend it. Um because I just, I don't think that it's necessary for the Muslim. And now for the clinical aspect. I see so many patients who are either yoga instructors or people who practice yoga. Right? And so if you, again, missed episode one, then by profession, I am a doctor of chiropractic. And so what usually brings these yoga participants into my office is obviously pain, but the condition that I commonly find is that of a strain or a sprain. And this is something that I'm sure is being caused by the desire of these individuals to reach these ultimate and extreme levels of flexibility. And in the process, so many of them actually end up hurting themselves. So from a clinical standpoint, I'm not a fan either because I see so many injuries due to or exacerbated, meaning worsened by the performance of yoga. And to be completely honest, whatever benefit is there from the standpoint of uh, increasing flexibility or any other health benefits, and there are, there are some proposed benefits to it, these same benefits could be 
achieved using other health and fitness uh, modalities or exercises. So in my practice and in my personal life, if I'm really concerned with increasing my flexibility and mobility, then there are things that I will do. Nothing is wrong with performing good old-fashioned stretches, right? These stretches are used by your athletes, professional athletes, or non-professional athletes, right? They've been done for however many years, and they continue to be done because they work, right? And so realizing also that not all stiffness or lack of motion is just due to tight muscles. Obviously, I'm a chiropractor and I'm a chiropractic patient. And so I will see my chiropractor to actually get adjusted in the event that I do feel like there is some real restriction to an area. Right. So there are so many other things that we can do from really taking the time to sit with ourselves to determine what helps to lower our stress. Right. There are other breathing exercises that you could do. Right. Um, that can bring about health. So I don't see where there has to be a place for yoga in anyone's life, but especially not for the Muslim. Spiritually, we are covered. We are covered. And from the physical standpoint, there are so many avenues and approaches to achieving whatever health goals that there would be no reason to engage in something that at the very least is a gray issue. Right? So once again, I just would really encourage any listener out there that is currently uh, practicing yoga, seeing it as harmless perhaps because you've only limited to uh, poses and breathing exercises, or anyone engaging in yoga in whatever form it has taken on, right? To really stop and think. Is there a better use of your time? As Muslims, our goal should be doing as many good deeds as we possibly can. Doing those things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with. Do you really want to go and practice yoga for however long when you could actually be praying extra prayers, right? Engaging in other acts of worship, learning your religion, right? Considering that it would be a gray area, there is not a unanimous opinion one way or the other in regards to yoga. 
And so to maximize our time and inshallah to maximize the benefit, then why not engage in a spiritual practice that you know your Lord is pleased with? Right? So I just wanted to officially make my point of view in regards to yoga known. Because as I said, you cannot have a talk about wellness. You cannot have a talk about self-care, except that yoga seems to come up, right? And so it's because there is that component of wellness, the spiritual wellness, that these people need to find something to take that space, but as Muslims, this is where we have our deen, right? Specifically the religious practice. Because the whole premise to this podcast is that wellness is already a part of Islam, right? But in regards to spiritual wellness, this component, this little niche that we've carved out in this wellness lifestyle, this is where we insert our spiritual practices, our worship. So, as I said in the last episode, um, I have a ton of ideas and I'm looking forward to rolling out additional episodes uh, here soon. Life has just been a little bit uh, busy. Alhamdulillah, I'm not complaining. Uh, Things have been very busy in the office and in my personal life. And so I just really have to start carving out time to sit down and do more of these episodes. But inshallah, they are coming. Once again, if you have not already subscribed to the podcast, I would encourage you to do so. I have also started a Facebook group uh, under the name Wellness in Islam. Um, that I plan to post different articles or inspirational quotes, things obviously from the Quran and Sunnah, uh, encouraging wellness and health, that type of thing. Um, So if you are on Facebook, please be sure to search for Wellness and Islam group. Um, Make sure you have subscribed to the podcast. And once again, I would humbly ask each and every one of you to share this podcast with your family and friends, anyone that you think may be interested in the content. Until next time, I leave you in the care of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to all the non-Muslims out there, I leave you in peace. Until next time, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I sincerely hope that you all enjoyed today's episode and by Allah's permission, benefited from it in some kind of way. Please be sure to check the show notes for any links or approximate translations of Arabic words or phrases I may have used. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your family and friends. Lastly, anything that I said that was correct is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And anything I said that was incorrect is from my own self and the evil of shaitan. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ash'adu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.